You're joining us for episode 59 of the Rocky Talkie Podcast. I'm your host, Rocky Riccatoni, and joining me tonight on this lousy, cold, confusing day on uh, 170 James Street North is a very, very, very talented cat by the name of Aaron Hopman from Polarity Tattoo Studios. Is that right? Yes, that's right, correct. Right here on James Street, we're neighbors uh, from St. James Espresso Bar and Eatery. And it's the familiar story, uh, folks, for anybody really who've been listening to more than one episode. Uh, Aaron, up until about 10 minutes ago, was a complete stranger. And uh, I've been watching his work on his socials. And this guy uh, is incredibly talented. And uh, I want to hear how he got to be who he is. His work is uh, very real life very graphic, very um, highly attuned and detailed, and it's very impressive. And uh, like I've said many times, if you're doing cool stuff, I got to hear how it all went down. So Aaron, thank you so much for joining us, my man. Yeah, no worries. Here. Um, we'll see how that coffee tastes for you. Yeah, let's give it a give, try. Give it a little taste and see how we're doing here. So uh, is it okay? That's good. Okay. It's good coffee. I was winging it. <laughs> um, I'm going to take a sip of mine. Okay. So... The, the model, the formula is pretty simple for us here at the podcast. I'm, I'm, uh, you're here because you do awesome stuff, but I'm always fascinated by how artists step into who they are. The process of that first moment where inspiration hit them or they realized I must do this as a living, as a vocation. My life's work is going to be X, Y, and Z. How did we get there? So clearly you're an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort you, of. You, well, I, I would say so. I would say so. Um, I think you, you did one of Biggie, Biggie Smalls recently. Yeah, Post. I did on uh, during Art Crawl. Dude, actually. that's insane. Thank you. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get to that. <laughs> so, and you're, you're a young lad. You're in your early 30s, you said? Yeah, I'm 31. 31, okay. 32, sorry. I'm My man. <laughs> I'll trade you. I'll trade you. 45, I'll trade you. All right, walk me through it, man. So, like, um, what? When did the art bug start to start to peak up and and show itself and become a thing for you? When did it start? Yeah. Um, I was grounded a lot as a kid. <laughs> Great opportunity to I like pick where up this a pencil. Is going already. Um, you were a Bart Simpson. You're always in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same. A lot of the time, um, my mom would probably agree with that. Um, yeah, I was drawing all the time. I couldn't really stop. Um, there wasn't much else I wanted to do other than riding around on my bike out as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, I guess when, when high school started, it really getting, started getting serious for yeah. me, like really putting attention into it, taking all the art classes I could get. Um, it was really the only thing I enjoyed. It took anxiety away mm. before I knew what anxiety was. Mm, damn. Uh, yeah. That's great. So good. So. Okay, so everybody, every kid sketches. Like my mm -hmm. kids sketch, uh, they mm -hmm. actually have a penchant for it. I, I kind of took a, a left turn in grade nine. When, if I would have kept going, I probably could have done art. Uh, music ended up taking over. But you do know fairly early on that you're not just arbitrarily scribbling. There's a feeling that comes on you and there's like a, a noticing of, wait a minute, this is better than my, my peers sitting next to me. Like yeah. what, what was the age where you realized that you were just, you were doing more than just putting something to paper. There had to have been a moment of like, aha. I, probably in grade school. There was a few back early when you start doing art class. 
yeah. start tinkering around with it. Um, I had done, we were drawing like musical instruments or something, and I put attention into the shade and the three dimensional aspect of it, there and the go. lighting. And then I looked around and realized nobody else was doing that. <laughs> Everybody was two D, yeah, was one D. Am I doing too much? Right. <laughs> am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I guess that was it. In grade seven, I actually wrote a paper about wanting to be a tattoo artist. Wow. Because Miami Ink came on TV. Okay. And then that blew my mind. I didn't even know it was a possibility. And they were buying Rolexes and cars. I'm like, that's a fucking thing. Right. So, uh, yeah, I wrote a paper in grade seven. Damn. I hope I can find that one day. That'd be really You got to find that. Frame and hang on Absolutely. You got to find that. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. that's very cool. Uh, See, so yeah, being an old guy. Um, there were no, there was nobody shining a light on tattooing at, at mm-hmm. that time in the eighties, uh, in your formative years, it was bikers and outlaws that, that had tattoos. And now every chef has a sleeve. And yeah. when I was coming up and seeing concerts at, you know, these cool venues in the nineties. And if you saw a cat with like a dude with two pierced ears and full sleeves on both arms of tattoos, he was like a rock God mm-hmm. of coolness. And now, <laughs> now it's everywhere, but that's cool. That, that, that reality TV thing kind of set you on your path. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember coloring in a Smurf coloring book and being really proud of what I was doing. And I looked over to my right at my seating partner in grade one and this kid by the name of Joey Rizzi. Mm -hmm. His shading was next level. And he was completely in the lines. And I I had come, come out of the lines a little bit. But I remember becoming enraged and totally crestfallen by by the fact that he somehow tuned into something that I hadn't where he was able to get this perfectly concise and consistent shade across the character of this cartoon he was coloring in. And, and grade one, you're what, grade, you're six years old. Mm-hmm. That competition thing in me, but that highly critical artistic eye thing in me mm-hmm. peaked its head up. So you noticed, you said um, in, in grade school that you started to get the, the penchant for it, but did you start feeling the feeling of uh, critical, criticalness over, your, over yourself? Were you, were you highly hard on yourself? Or were, were Not you, at that time. No. Not early on. I think early on I was just exploring it. Like, okay. what can I do with right. this pencil? What is it? What's capable? Um, it was probably around high school when it started getting a bit more competitive. There was artists obviously taking art classes and the... Uh, there was a lot of really good ones. Mm-hmm. But then there was a lot of my classmates that were coming and asking me if I could draw, teach them how to draw. Wow. Well, I, can't, I can't really do that. But you got it or you don't kind yeah, of thing. The teacher's going to do that for you. So. You mentioned getting in shit a lot. Yeah. It must have felt good when you were sort of realizing you were being praised for something. Uh, probably, yeah, I would imagine. Um, Are you I, one of those types that don't remember past a certain age? I remember everything. Is, was, is grade school kind of a blur for you? If I asked you questions, if you remembered something, is that going to be tough? Not necessarily. I feel grade school was a little bit lonely for me. Was, was it? Yeah, there was, my parents had divorced when I was a kid, oh, and there man. was always a lot of back and forth with that. Um, and then uh, I feel like, yeah, I just needed to be secluded. I needed my time. Okay. I needed quiet. Okay. Yeah, so. Damn. We're going to, this is not a, that it's a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just how life goes. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, the anxiety thing. Mm-hmm. Is that something you felt 
and dealt with early on in life. I realized in the last few years I think that the two are related. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I realized in my adulthood as as recently as five years ago that I've been dealing with anxiety since I was probably five. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned that, and that I think that's pretty incredible that you found solace in the act of mm-hmm. drawing. Mm-hmm. Very cool. You still do you still feel like it's a therapeutic thing for you in that area? Oh yeah. To be honest, today I woke up with extreme anxiety this mm. morning, and I don't know what it was. It might be the weather. It might be the, the, the podcast. News, it might be the, the could be the podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe a whole wrap of it. But uh, yeah, wow. as soon as I started tattooing today, it was gone. Amazing. And maybe it's a distraction, but after I was done tattooing, it was still mostly gone. So that's yeah. that's to be able to get without it, I'd be fucked. Right. To be able to get paid to do something and make a living and for have it to be have a healing factor on you, mm. that's pretty special. I'm pretty lucky. I'm pretty paranoid, actually, that I might lose that one day. Mm. I feel like I've feared the, the loss of the ability. Like something, my brain will just break one day. I'll do something too much and break it. The ability of, of what? To of of make, creating art. Okay. Just being able to see things the way I see it. Right. I'm afraid of losing that, I guess. Interesting. I why, do you, why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's because it's been... Um, the pillar for where I've got in life. And I mean, right. I feed my kids with it. Right. I've, I've, my wife and I decided to open the business together. So it's literally, a bo- we've both invested everything into it. So if I was to lose it. <laughs> right. And it yeah. gives you equilibrium too, for peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you're, you're basically tethered to, to the whole thing. I'm tied to it. Yeah. yeah. Not, not the worst thing, but it no. is, but it is, it is sobering though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it keeps me humble, I think, because yeah. I can't, if I, it's so, you see somebody walk, you see those people down the street that just aren't doing well mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. and it could have been one wrong turn and we're there, you know? Yep. And we got lots of life left to make that wrong turn. Kudos to you for, first of all, for doing it mm-hmm. and for, for signing that lease and opening that door. And, uh, that's, you're, you're in the, yeah, you're, you're in the stadium doing, doing the thing while other people are yeah. watching. Yeah, we're, we're doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I often say on this, on this platform that anybody that can be gainfully employed being an artist has my utmost respect. So, dude, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned that polarity was begun, what, nine months ago, you said? Uh, yeah, we opened in July, July 15th, I think it was. Was, that a, was it a, a drama-filled experience or was it fairly oh, yeah. similar yeah, as it, it is? Was, um, first two months were free and then it was four months of trying to get the place ready so it was paying four months rent on top of not making additional money and still paying the previous shop I was at to to be there so right, it was, right. yeah lose it constantly losing money and it was um it's a lot opening a business is not an easy thing I thought it was uh, it's a shit show I knew it'd be hard but yeah damn. yeah trial by fire we 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 did that we paid Thank God I'm doing it with my wife too. Yeah. If it was on my own, I don't think I would have been able to do it. I probably would have caved. Yeah. It's a tough thing. We did that for a year. We were, we were paying for a year before we actually a year. Wow. sold our first cup of coffee at our place in Burlington. Yeah. So I get that. Okay. So one of the things that uh, fascinates me about, well, I mean, art form across multiple spectrums, there's so many schools and disciplines and styles. Um, you know, the last... 15 years flash tattoo old school style has been very huge and um, the poke, the poke and ink style and all that stuff. You, and your, your hyper realism, like it's like not hyper realism. You just, you have a very real portrait approach to mm-hmm. 
I, I was trying to do hyper realism for a little bit, but uh, I, most of the time I feel like the skin doesn't support it. It's still a living, breathing canvas. It's not like you pull a canvas from the store and yeah. it's the same every single time you paint it. It's different every day. The person may have not eaten. The person may have anxiety. You know, it could be any, literally anything that changes it. So it's a different game every day. Okay, so you just glazed over a pretty, pretty fascinating thing there. That's that's fact for you, but an unknown for most of us. So okay. this is what I want to un- kind of unpack. Like, well, first of all, before we get into the, the discipline that you've chosen and the, the aesthetic approach that you have. <clears throat> You know, my, my medium is music and food, mm-hmm. um, organic material. We toil to put something in your body for you to digest it and forget about it almost immediately. It's, mm-hmm. That is an inherent in its own thing. You were a cook too, so you get it. Delicious fuel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and your canvas is an organic tissue. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned all the parameters of someone's anxiety, someone's skin type, someone's whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you left na- wrong? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like, how do you, what are the kind of the things that you have to navigate that change day to day for you? And, and how, how does that affect you going, okay, here's the image, here's the skin and here's the personality I'm working on for the next two to eight hours, depending on the piece. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate putting forever art on an organic piece of tissue that causes pain while you're putting your art on that tissue. How do you navigate that? Um, For me, if I can pull my mind away from the fact that I'm doing a tattoo Mm -hmm. is the best thing. Like I'll put a podcast on or a book. I do a lot of audio books lately. That's been really helpful for me. Um, Yeah. Anything that can pull my attention away from the fact that I'm even doing a tattoo. Cause I did that in school too. when I was drawing, I would always just listen to some music and just melt away and let it, happen let the universe make it happen i guess but uh yeah it's a lot of it is audiobooks music podcasts stuff like that um um yeah i try to keep a comfortable environment for them we, we all do really we have a snack spot with drinks and stuff cool. we got good music on there's tvs all over the shop everyone's really friendly cool we got cool art on the walls everywhere so do you talk to your customer when you're working on them or are you locked into what you're i usually lock in for the first bit, of course, when we're designing it, we have to be in full communication. Right. Um, and then when we're stenciling it, I need them to know my directions and all that. And then, uh, yeah, once the once the needle goes into the machine, then I usually press play on my headphones and go. It's usually an hour and a half, two hours before we'll take the next part, next break. So how do you navigate that when you? I mean, it's a, it's a it's a very intimate task. What you're doing, you're up close and personal mm-hmm. um, in someone's space, and you're you're causing them pain. Yeah. Um, so there, some people would be like, well, you need a lot of handholding. You need a certain kind of bedside manner to make this thing comfortable and palatable and manageable. To a degree. To a degree. How do you communicate? Do you hope that they catch on to the fact that you're locked in and Aaron's going bye-bye for a while? I'm going under underground with my podcast and mm-hmm. you kind of dip out or do you communicate that to them and go, okay, I'm going to, how I work is this? I do explain. This? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't just put my headphones okay. in and start. Yeah. Because I, I've, I've experienced, I've experienced yeah. both extremes. Yeah, of course. I've seen it too, of course. And I appreciate, yeah, the fact that you do that. Yeah. And it depends on the artist. I mean, some people just don't like to talk. Right. And I get that. They're all vision. They're okay. All no talks. But uh, yeah, no, I like to let them know. I'll have my headphones in for a little bit and then uh, 
if you need anything, just let me know. Cool. Try not to punch me until we're done. <laughs> okay. Well, talk to, I mean, like as a, as a restaurant guy, um, I'm basically a glorified host. Mm-hmm. Uh, hospitality is the name of the game. And I kind of come by it naturally. I was raised in a hair salon. Like everybody cuts hair in my family. So I kind of grew up with that model. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, it's not a formula, but you start to learn what it is that makes for a hospitable environment. The music's got to be just right. The volume's got to be good. The volume ratio to the sound of the room and being warm and engaging and welcoming. Um, good team. Good team. Building a great team. Hiring. I want to hear from you how intentional you are with uh, creating a killer space and, and how you go about building the um, psychology of how you hire and who you hire and what you do to build a team. How do you do that? Well, first you need a female touch a little bit. I agree with that. A little bit. The mom of the shop. Yeah. 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 You need to have somebody who's sociable and really cares about the, the, uh, the atmosphere and the environment. And uh, there's nothing better than a mama bear for that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, you have to be good. You gotta be friends with everyone. The first person we brought on is a good friend of mine, Aiden, cool aid tattoos on Instagram. Um, he I'm just going to tilt your mic up just yeah. a bit. Okay, there you go. Yeah, he's, uh, he's trying to do some abstract, surrealist kind of, yeah, black work stuff, which is really rad. Cool. Um, I'm doing a lot of that in my backgrounds and stuff too, so we kind of feed off each other. Um, he is a constant jokester, so he's trying to keep everyone smiling and happy, and he succeeds in that Good. pretty much 100% of the time. Um, other than that, it's... Uh, we also have Eric, who we just brought on. She's a good asset, too. She's a black and gray artist, so she's trying to take uh, the extra runoff that I have. And then uh, we hired two more apprentices who are phenomenal at art. Wow. I just have to teach them how to use a machine, really. Good for you, man. Yeah. I got not bad for nine months in. Not bad. Not bad. Um, and you're still open. We're still open. We're still looking for another artist. Ideally, I'd like a color realism artist. If I could do collaborations with them, that would be really rad. But... Um, seems to be all the good artists work for somebody else or they're private or they've opened their own business. Yep. So, yep. um, yeah, we'll just see where the road goes, man. Honestly, I try not to worry too much about it. Just be here now, right now. Anything tomorrow doesn't matter. Things change too quick. You're not wrong. Uh, yeah. You're not wrong to be able to have a young, a new business and, uh, still kind of have this Zen you need the zen. You need the zen. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty impressive. Uh, three, after a three-year pandemic, you need the zen. How was that for you? Intimidating. Opening a business right away. For the most part, we thought we were insane. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know what we're doing, putting all of our money into this. Kids are going to watch us fail. What the fuck are we doing? But right. uh, yeah, it worked out. No, but you're going to be the cool teeth. parents now, though. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, 100%. We're both going to take our sip of our respective coffees here. Yeah. <laughs> Tattoo parents, we'll see. I wish I was a tattoo parent. If I could do it all over again, you I'd probably. Tattoos. What's that? You have tattoos. I do, but not, you know, I. I think one of the biggest, two of my major regrets was not joining the military, mm-hmm. which I am still doing May second. I'm doing my test for reserves and sidebar. Cool. Um, but being a tattoo artist and not stopping art. Interesting. Because it's social. Yeah. Um, it can be lucrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's attached to a, a fashion. To a degree, it's yeah. it's part of like the hair salon kind of vibe that I know well that I grew up in. It's never the same thing twice. 
Never is. And the same, the same client. Yeah. You work on the same arm and it's a different, yeah. different skin. Different. And, yeah. And, and, and I know that my approach, it would be a fairly social experience. And, uh, I, I think it's pretty great. I've had the guys from gray Harbor on. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, I blew my mind that I never, none of us realize is the amount of work it takes when you guys go home to work on the piece for the person when they come in mm-hmm. the hours yeah, if you're hand drawing everything, yeah, right. and I, if you don't I'm show up, very here, lucky to be doing portraits. So you do it in the moment. Yeah, holy yeah. shit! So I'll have the client if it's say it's a family portrait of a brother or something. I'll get like ten to fifteen of the best photos, and then uh, as long as you're cool with all of them, then I'll pick the best one, and then I stencil it, I hand stencil right there, stick it on, make sure the sizing is all right first, of course, but then uh, yeah, let it dry, tattoo. I design everything with the client usually. This is this, this is turning into a, a genuinely organic conversation. It's just not really following any through line, which I'm totally fine with. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to kind of go with the flow of this. Yeah, so, yeah. okay. Uh, <laughs> brain surgery and that first tattoo. I, there are few, or flying your first solo flight as a as a pilot. Like there are certain first times on a job that scare the shit out of me when I think about mm-hmm. that thing mm-hmm. for a guy that, uh, contends with an element of anxiety. How do you go to bed knowing that tomorrow you have a 10 AM appointment and you're going to freehand a portrait on someone's arm. That's going to be on there forever. Like, how do you navigate that? I don't freehand it onto the skin. That's the one thing <laughs> I'm definitely printing it and then making it. Okay. Yeah. It's like a map. You're just drawing out the stencils, like where your cheekbones. Go I see. Like I see. That. I see. Yeah. I see. I just, I look at it as another element of the process. Like okay. it's its own thing. Sometimes I finish the stencil before I even put it on and I flip it over and it's just the lines. And I love that just as I got a you. artist. So it's so cool to me. So you're creating a roadmap and then you yeah. flush it up. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. And take your time with each element of the process. Okay. It's all, it's all part of it. So, you know, we get, we get people like saying, can you, you know, flash these home fries? They sat a little too long before I got to them. They're cold. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with someone who's, I mean, how do I ask this question without implying that you're doing work that someone's not happy with? But if it hasn't happened yet, it most certainly will. There'll be something that comes up where it's like there's customer satisfaction issue. How do you deal with a permanent thing when there's a problem? I make sure they are cool to design 100% before. So it's on them kind of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've gotten myself to the point where I can, I'm confident that pretty much everything I design, I'll be able to replicate on the skin. Okay. Unless it's like horribly sunburnt or they've right. got eczema or something like that you know like you gotta reevaluate then but the, um yeah okay that makes sense so yeah. uh, wh- why this aesthetic approach uh, it's kind of a stupid question it's just it's kind of an you don't even need to answer it obviously it's because it's what you like to do but there's so many schools of tattoo style mm-hmm. uh, what was it about the portrait realism side of things that drew you to that and wanted to make that your, your thing. Um, well, I am colorblind. I'm red, green, colorblind. No shit. Yeah. So that's why I've always drawn in pencil. Wow. I've always done portraits when I was grounded. Like I said, I was in my room drawing my mom's swollen members CD, the pictures on the inside of the CD. I'd be drawing Uh, the swollen uh, members or how old's your mom? Uh, my mom is 52. 
She was 20 when she had me. So okay. she had quite the record collection. Okay. There was Rob Zombie records and stuff like that. My God, your mom's, Cassettes. Your mom's in my category. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's yeah. only got seven years on me. Okay, yeah. so we're in the same bracket, your yeah. mom and I. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. That's yeah. funny. That's amazing. So you're colorblind. That's blowing yeah. my mind. Yeah, so I'm colorblind. And in the beginning, I tried everything. I was doing traditional. I was doing color. I was doing line work. I was doing everything just to be doing tattoos. Right. I just wanted to be doing tattoos. Um, and then... Uh, there was a point where I started playing with the new style machines that are more the rotary. They're the quiet machines. Um, and I found I was able to do more. Can you walk me through that? Rotary, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, so there's the coil machines that have, um, it's a magnetic pull. Okay. And it, it'll bring the needle forward. In and out. And then push it back away. Okay. Yeah, it's a magnetic force. And then the rotary machine is a little motor inside that spins and it just pushes it. The really? Needle. Yeah. So I feel like the, well... Every time I use my machine, the rotary machine, it's the same machine every time. And with the coil, you have to tune it. You got to make sure it's running well. Like that machine is built for the person using it, and they got to know how to use it. Um, so it has gotten easier in that regard. It's less of you have to know the right people to teach you how to use the proper machine before you can even do a good tattoo. This is why you're on. I'm learning a ton right now. Okay. Perfect. I, I didn't even know that there was different types of guns. That, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Okay. Learn something new every day. Yeah, if man. Not, it's a wasted day. I love that. I love that. Uh, the colorblind thing. Yeah. You turned that into a strength. Yeah. That's yeah. wild, man. Yeah. I, I couldn't do the other things. It was I'll, bothering me. I'll never look at your work the same way again. I'm like, <laughs> I, I know that fact. That, that's, yeah. that's really cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've just always drawn portraits. So it, it made sense to me mm -hmm. to draw the stencil to a portrait the same way I would draw it on paper. Start with your light lines where you're going to need, you need a road map. And then I started making my stencils the same way and I was really confident with that. And then it just, I had to figure out how to put those shades in the skin the way I want them to be. And that obviously takes a long time, but that's the addiction. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Choose your addictions wisely. Yeah. How did you grow up, man? Are you a single kid? No, I got a brother. Brother? Yeah. I have uh, I got a younger brother. He lives out in Toronto. We don't communicate as much as I would like anymore. Mm -hmm. Pandemic changed a lot of things for a lot of people. Mm. Um, the political dividing lines? Yeah, it's the okay. one. Okay. Yeah. I know that one. Yeah. I know yeah. that one well. Yeah. That's a podcast. That's, that's, that's for another podcast. That is on another its own day. conversation. That's its own six-hour conversation. I'm sorry. Yeah. That sucks, man. Yeah. That really, really sucks. Well, it doesn't kill you. Yeah. You know, my wife and I, we, I came to marriage really late. I'm taking a complete left turn here, but we're, we're both parents, right? So, yeah. and we both have kids. So this, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's applicable. We're um, used to left turns at this point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you had mentioned that you, your parents got divorced early on and my wife and I talk about, there's, there's a little girl in my daughter's class that her parents are divorced and we actually see her cry every morning. She's well into the year and she still hasn't transitioned to that thing and it, it's heartbreaking and mm -hmm. it's the worst day when you're at the school and yeah 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 absolutely and I'm a, I'm a huge sock I came to fatherhood really late so I'm like I really dig it and um, divorce was just becoming a thing in the 80s it was like when someone got divorced it was like finding out someone had cancer like oh no no they're getting divorced and now it's mm -hmm. now it's it's everywhere it's, mm -hmm. it's common nomenclature a lot but, more people. Yeah, yeah. but I, my wife and I are like, that is the most devastating thing 
most unnatural thing that we can think of other than losing a child to sickness or to death mm-hmm. to have the family fall apart and to have a child watch their caregivers not be together in the mm-hmm. same house. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I literally have nightmares about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that begs the question, man, like how was that for you navigating a divorce at that age, how old were you? And how do you think that shaped the era I'm sitting at now? I was pretty young. I was, uh, I think three. Okay. Maybe four. My brother was two. Um, so you kind of grew up into it as being the reality. Do you remember yeah, that? I, I remember living at home with my parents. Really? Yeah. I remember my dad doing pastel drawings okay. in his little study. Um, I remember running around the, the part, the uh, backyard. I remember actually putting the, the car into drive oh shit driveway and it's pulling back into a busy road my parents running out oh my god yeah. i was like but, oh your dad let you sit on his needle you're actually no i just got <laughs> into the car and yeah. you're a hell you know yeah i okay. guess yeah right. i didn't know what i was doing i just wanted to explore but uh yeah so i don't i don't really know how deeply it affected me how could you know how could you, you know, know? Yeah, yeah especially just, that age yeah you're just living it yeah i have no recollection of no understanding of psychology or anything yeah. at that age even if i do now really um it's worth asking though, because yeah. because the I'm, I'm fasc- sure it's part of the story. Sure, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated at, at how the creative mind gets mm-hmm. added to, because uh, it shapes parts of us for sure. A lot of my family members are artists as well. Same. My uh, my mom's dad, my opa, were Dutch. Um, my wife's Dutch. Oh yeah. Everyone I know is Dutch. A lot of Dutch people. Did you grow up like Dutch reform tr- church yeah, kid? Are you a church kid? Yeah, yeah, half of it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's Dutch and goes to yeah. church. It's my amazing. mom didn't, but my dad did. Uh, my dad's side did, and I was there every weekend. Okay. So every weekend when I was okay. to the church. Um, probably my interest in philosophy starts there as well. Aaron hanging with JC. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Another topic for another podcast. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Um, we, we were just kind of going down the rabbit hole of family and, and creativity or oh, you, you, the family uh, lineage of artistry. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my opa had done a drawing of a, of a church from memory in, in Holland. Wow. It's perspectively incredible. Wow. And then I remember seeing that when I was younger, like, Oh, there may be the, I guess there might be something in my blood for this. So maybe it's just meant to be very cool. Yeah, it it all came very naturally to me. It it seemed like it was the right thing to do, and then tattooing was to my family the very not right thing. Oh to yes, do. But I can only imagine for me. I mean, if I'm doing the devil's work, that's right. fucking awesome. <laughs> Might as well get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's wild. That's uh, well, okay. Well, let's keep unpacking that. So, like, how? What was it like for you? Maybe I'm reaching here. Maybe I'm trying to do some leading questions, but it does suck when you find the you know, God's work in your life. Like this is what I'm gifted to do. This is my mm-hmm. life's work. I do believe that. And why aren't you happy for me? Why are you fighting me on this? Like, what was that like for you? See, I was lucky. Was difficult. My, my mom was celebrated my music and theater and loved my friends coming over. So I never dealt with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of people that had parents who were like, no, Fuck that. You're supposed to be this, and mm-hmm. I don't agree with this. Well, mm-hmm. How was that for you? Uh, my mom was very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, my mom didn't really communicate with a lot of her family. Um, as far as I know, when she was young, she was also kicked out of the church. So I think her and I are very alike. And, okay. <laughs> um, 
Uh, my dad's side, my dad kind of pretty much disowned me over the whole thing. No shit. I, I started tattooing, and uh, my wife now, girlfriend at the time, was pregnant, and uh, it was a it was a thing. Why? Um, because it didn't fit the narrative. I guess there was of? supposed to be a certain storyline of how this all goes. As an artist, as a as a human, as a person, as somebody who fits in the family properly, I feel like I, I didn't fit the family. My 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 dad remarried. And into that family, I, I wasn't accepted. So I don't know. I don't know how. We thought this was a conversation about tattoos, but it's <laughs> yeah. so much yeah, more. Yeah, okay, yeah. When you unpack it, um, how'd that affect you? I didn't plan on talking about this. Wow, well, <laughs> I was fine. I, I'm totally fine. With this, this is. Just, I try to be open with it. I want to. Because, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, this is the hope of a good conversation. Is yeah. just stuff comes out. The human yeah, humanity. Yeah, the stuff. real shit. If wow. gonna, how was that for you? Like, uh, did that bother you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, how are you guys now? Uh, we don't talk. Oh, fuck, man. That is... See, again, as a father, I don't understand. I could never turn away from my kids. No. Regardless of what they're doing. I'm already trying if to... If they have a kid, if, yeah. they, or if they're in prison, if whatever the fuck it is, yeah. man, I'm here for you. Whatever it takes. I'm sorry I fucked up. Yeah. That's how I would see it. I'm already prepping my kids to let me move in with them when I'm old. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be without my kids. Yeah. Like well, I got to change your diapers, too. Right? Well... They, they owe me. <laughs> yeah. They owe me. Um, that's that's crazy to me. And I'm yeah. sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. As, as a, one father to another, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It is, uh, it is what it is. It's just There's struggle. time. There's time, Life though. is full of struggle. Yeah. And it's, it's about learning how to deal with it. How old's your dad? Um, that's a good question. I think he's, uh, I don't know, 60, okay. 61 maybe. Interesting. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Quite a few years. Really? He has not met my son. My son's going to be six. <sighs> he met my daughter once and seemed to have no interest. Dude. Yeah. That's yeah, bullshit. Pretty intense. That's bullshit. Pretty intense. You know what? I'm sorry for him. Yeah. No, me too. It's, it's, sorry his, him it's his loss. Because sure. I've come through a significant father thing, and I, I, I'm 45, and it took until 44 to have the talk with my dad, the real talk, and I actually got the real version of him. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was mind blowing and humbling and the power was in my corner to basically release him from the things he did and didn't do. Mm-hmm. And it was this cathartic, right. crazy, healing, mind blowing, surreal moment mm-hmm. um, that I do believe, maybe not every time, but if you, time always tells, like mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're going to have a moment with your dad and that can all kind of like, it very well could happen. I remember praying. I'm like, God, please, like, I want if there's, I, I want to take advantage of the time I have left to know my dad, mm-hmm. and uh, I do believe that we're on our way. Mm-hmm. But I understand I, the dad thing. Yeah, I feel like I should be more like that with my mom and my stepdad. They've yeah. been extremely supportive, but at this age in my life, I'm just so fucking busy. Yeah, and then. Uh, a month or two goes by, and I resent myself for not. Yeah, you, you smoked messaging my mom. Two months, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But I don't know. Interesting. I don't know, man. This road, this life, it's crazy. I mean, there's a crossover point where your responsibility ends up being to your own kids, but then you start yeah. think, thinking like a parent and like, oh, if my kids didn't call me for two months, I'd be heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm torn with that because uh, I'd be, if they're successful, I mean, yeah. go do your thing. Go live your life. I'll be here. Okay, well, now that we're, now that we're just rambling Tattooing, down... Tattooing, huh? Yeah, now that we're rambling down a hill like a, like yeah, a rock. Yeah. I mean, I, another thing that does fascinate me is, is you know, being an, I'm an employer. Of, mm-hmm. I, you get to know your staff. A lot of the guests I have on the show, you're the 59th guest. 
um, I, and I'm a spiritual person and I kind of grew up around uh, Christianity and faith and uh, I got serious. I find myself more spiritual now. Yeah, I got serious yeah. with it at about 24. Yeah. Um, which is, seems to be the year for a lot of people, but um, I'm blown away constantly by how many people have a baseline foundational experience in, in religion. And not just like, oh, I went to Catholic church every Sunday for the first five years of my life. Like people who were like worship leaders and like youth mm-hmm. leaders and were offspring of pastors. And they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's actually, you think that you live in a very secular world, but I'm, and I'm learning that 75% of everyone I know mm-hmm. has had a serious collision course with, with religion at one point or another. Religion or philosophy yeah. of some kind, yeah. So yeah. I'm curious... Uh, with, with your background and, and being around it, um, how that shapes your reality as, as, a, as a human, as an artist, as a father, how much is that bleeping, bleeping, how much data does that hold in the back of your mind? That's an unpackable question as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, there was, it was a Dutch reform, and uh, that was pretty much all I knew about religion. Can or, you unpack that for those who do not know what Dutch reform is? Yeah, essentially it's... Um, it's churches for Dutch people. <laughs> that was a quick unpacking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one's fairly quick. That was expedited. You're not uh, wrong though. Yeah. And yeah. it's fairly staunch, fairly stiff upper, stiff upper lip. Yeah. It's very, yeah, very much their, Religious. their way is yeah. the, the best way, yeah. um, which comes with its own. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when did you break free from, from the regular, um, I was, I was pretty young when I started questioning things mm. like, like, uh, my Oma would read me stories of like Noah's Ark and I'd say, well, how did the kangaroos get to the Ark? Cause the kangaroos don't swim. Right. And then her answer is, well, you just have to believe. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. What do you mean? So I think I was atheist for a long, long time. Um, I don't even know what I am now, but I'm definitely agnostic. a lot more. Yeah. You're agnostic. Open. Yeah. There's something going on. Um, full disclosure. I had a psychedelic um, awakening at some point I had taken a psychedelic, um, with the intention of like ayahuasca. No, it was, uh, it was LSD. You're brave. Yeah. I'm way too neurotic for that. Yeah. Not I, a chance. I had always been curious and, and the opportunity came and a, it was amazing. It was, talk uh, about it. Now I'm, I feel like I'm on the Rogan show. I'm talking about psychedelics. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah. So <laughs> talk me through that. Yeah. Um, uh, it was, um, how recently this was when I was 28. Okay. So it was like five years ago. Yeah. Something like that before the pandemic. Ago. Okay. Um, yeah, I had, uh, I went into it not knowing what to expect thinking I'm an artist. Let's explore. Let's see what's going on. Is there any other facets? Um, in the experience I had found a well of love that had never existed to me. Interesting. And I feel like the anxiety and depression I had with previous things, like my father and all things, those mm-hmm. things, um, I was just bottling it. I was stuck inside. I was a very cold, uh, resentful person, I think. And uh, during that experience, I opened up and I, I allowed myself to feel it all. And I allowed myself to feel love and that it's eternal that, in, in that, that classic moment. hippie state right of in that moment the answer. yeah in so that did, moment. did you make a conscious decision in that moment or did it just happen it just happened i was laying down and i just we were, i think we were listening to the beatles of course and uh 
it, I just started, tears started falling out of wow. my face. I couldn't stop him. And uh, the person I was with at the time had said, well, what, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I am more okay yeah, right now be than better. I've ever been. Right. Yeah. So, um, and since that point, it had, I, after that, I, ha I was so much more interested in philosophy and like where, why do humans feel the way they fucking feel? Mm. And throughout history, like why do we have Buddhism? Why do we have Hindu? Why is why do people believe in God? Why what is the answer to it? Um, so it's stuck. Yeah, it's stuck. And then I I started going down wow. rabbit holes of philosophical exploration. I started looking into Stoicism and Marcus Aurelius and Taoism with uh, yeah Lao Tzu and all that stuff. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely. I think it evolved into a deeper question of what is art. What is it? Like, why do we do this every day? Why, the, why are so many people fascinated with it? Why do you walk into a cathedral and there's beautiful stained glass windows? That's an amazing turnaround. That, yeah. that's, so let's go there. Yeah, uh, why, do, why do we care so much? Where are you, where are you, I'm not going to assume that you have an answer to that yet, but what, what have you started to collect in your, your pursuit of figuring stuff out? I think it's because we feel, and mm. we need to explain to others that, a feeling. I feel. Wow. And maybe you feel too. Wow. Do we feel the same? That's good. I think that's it. That's really good. I think that's the Damn, real. Damn, man. Yeah, I think that's it. Got a little bit. I got a little shiver. That's good. That's <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. Huh. I think that's it. And I think that's why I've ultimately attached to tattooing because it's become something that I can give people that it's therapeutic. And they keep yeah. coming back. They keep wanting more. Um, so we, we do the same thing, you and I. I mean, like food. Mm -hmm. or that it's it's an element at the end of the day mm -hmm. it's an, it's a form of human it's an act of human kindness and love mm -hmm. yeah it's a deposit yeah it's a service to others i like it a lot that's yeah. cool man yeah yeah as much as it is it is for us as well i mean we have to pay the bills but sure it comes out of passion and you're not going to be successful if you don't love it absolutely absolutely not and i don't think people realize so okay so this is another good jump off point is yeah. um the uh the duality of doing what you love, but still having days where you fucking hate life. Mm -hmm. There's those days you don't want to <laughs> it's, do it. It's like there's, uh, you have to love it so that it, it holds you together when you think you don't love it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, that's really it. It's just, there's, there's not even a question. It's just a statement I'm making. It's, it's, if, I didn't, if I didn't still truly love being a chef, mm -hmm. those other hard times, and there were many. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. Yeah. I would, have, I would yeah. have walked for sure. Yeah, there's a lot in every industry. You have to fucking love it. You have to. Or else you're just working for someone else. Yep. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, you give a lot of love to the mama bear of the studio, which is mm -hmm. your wife. My wife, yeah, Can I, I, we, we might as well uh, just go for all of it how did you guys how long have you guys been together and how did you guys meet uh today is our eighth wedding anniversary and you're at a, you're doing a podcast with me we realized uh i think at three o'clock i'm afternoon. so honored and sorry all at the same time <laughs> what's what's your wife's name natalia natalia yeah. i'm so sorry i <laughs> owe you food here at the restaurant i will make this up to you uh, does she hate me now or what no not at all we we both she she i was tattooing and she walks in she's like aaron do you know what i just realized like, no, what? She's like, today's our anniversary. Oh, I'm my like, oh, God. well, happy anniversary. And I wow. hadn't thought about that last week. I'm like, oh, our anniversary's coming up. Congrats, man. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm, this June will be my eighth year with my wife, too. 
Oh, congrats. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? Now that uh, I've totally stolen you from your wife tonight. We met. Uh, That's amazing. What bar was it? London Tap House? When it was a London Tap House. Yeah, when it was the London Tap House. That's the one with the rooftop. Yeah. Right? I've it? never been, but I mean, yeah. I remember seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, we met there. Um, she was with a friend of mine. Um, and as soon as I saw her, I'm like, holy fuck, who is that? Hubba hubba? Yeah. Was she always tattoo-y or was that post Aaron? Uh, she had tattoos, okay. yeah, but it was never, it didn't, at the time it didn't seem like it was like an, okay. a thing we were going to do one day, you know? It just seemed like I, she knew I was interested. Yeah, that night she was with somebody and then uh, he was at the bar talking to some other people, so I just started talking with her and we talked for the rest of the night. Okay. Yeah. And that was that? Still in her phone as Aaron Space. We, I think we talked about physics. We, neither one of us know anything about physics. <laughs> Who knew it was a pickup? Yeah, pickup uh, scenario. Yeah, yeah. Do you so like that space. So this, <laughs> I dig it, man. So that was it, and then and and the way you went. Yeah, very yeah. cool. How long did you guys court for? Um, things happened pretty quickly. Same. Yeah. The thing is, is I waited so long that I knew, I just knew. I did too. Yeah. I didn't want any relationships. I had tried the relationship thing, and Same. just there was nobody that. Yep. Same. You know? And I, I wouldn't settle. And I was like, no, this is, if it's marriage, I'm not doing, I'm not settling. It's gotta yeah. be right. And yeah. so, and so because of that, because we both knew yeah. we met in, we got official in May and we were married the next, a year later, mm-hmm. the following June. Yeah. Because I personally, I don't understand people who, who, who get married 10 years after being together. I'm like, really? That's, that's crazy. But yeah. it's a thing. It's, it's the new thing, but. So how long after you guys started did you guys get married? Uh, I think she was pregnant five months after we met. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I think, yeah, my daughter was a year and a half when we got married. We didn't want to get married because we had a kid. That was the other thing. Yeah, we didn't want to get married because we wanted to get married. I like that. And our wedding had 12 people. It was I like that too. It was at the uh, city hall kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Really small. We ended up in Hess Village. Cool. On the night. It was great. Everybody who spends too much money on a wedding Ugh. always goes. We went to Thailand. We did. Did later. you? Yeah, it was amazing. See, yeah. You, I'd you, way rather do that. Yeah. Than... Or like put a down payment on a house. Yeah. You, you, you do yeah. is like, no, I want to celebrate this with everybody I love. And then it's, it's like, did we really need to do that? Are all those people going to be in your life 10 years from now? No. Nope. That's the other thing. No. Nope. But because I waited Our so wedding long. wedding photos, very interesting. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So it wasn't a destination. No, you said you got married at City Hall. We then got married here in the city, yeah, and then Thailand. a couple days later we fucked oh. off to Thailand. Yeah, for I think two weeks. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So training. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take another turn here. Yeah. Uh, one of the cool things when I was talking to the Gray Harper guys was the uh, unique stories of their apprenticeships and how they got into it <laughs> and, and how. Uh, there was definitely like a, an old school machismo hierarchy of, of um, how they were raised up and guys who were very, they didn't pull any punches with their quality of work. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, what else you got? That's kind of shit. What else you got? Very like, if you're going to be here, we're going to break you down and then we're going to rebuild you kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, what was your learning curve like for you? How did you come up as an artist? That's also a deep one. Um, <clears throat> Polarity Tattoo Studio is the ninth shop I've been in in this city. Um, I've been in Hamilton the whole way through. I wow. did a couple guest spots here, and I did a guest spot in Toronto, one in Chicago, and it was pretty cool. Cool. Um, but the first shop I worked at, I was there for about a year. Um, he was a family friend, and I had paid him $10,000. Apparently, as far as I knew, this was the normal thing. I had an inheritance from my grandfather. Paid a play dad. kind of thing? Yeah. Really? And I found it a year later that uh, he was telling his friends that I was never going to tattoo in his shop. So he's just using me for the free labor. 
Oh, boy. So at that point, I'm like, well, what the fuck am I doing here? So I quit, quit that, went on a bender for nine months, six months, something like that. Just, because you were just so upset? Yeah. I was oh. like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I going to do? Obviously, right. tattooing is not working. And then, uh, yeah, I got so drunk so many days. Like, yeah, I got to fucking go do tattoos. <laughs> Back on that train. So uh, it was in and out of shops. I, like I was telling you before we had started the show, uh, I was in kitchens for 10 years. Yep. So that was during that whole process. I was doing, uh, I was working in studios from, what was it, 10.30 to 5, and then I was at the restaurant from 5.30 to 3 in the morning. Oh, my God. And then God. I was up again the next day doing it again. For how long? How long were you doing that for? Four years. Wow. Maybe. Four, yeah, three or four years. Okay. Yep. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, it was once I once I was got that new machine I was telling you about the rotary mm-hmm. instead of the coil that I was started being able to do more. So then at that point I'm like, well maybe I can finally quit this kitchen stuff. So I was in and out of a couple kitchens, a couple other shops, moving around, just trying to make it work, and then eventually, uh, yeah, just enough time. So you pretty much self, I mean, everyone's kind of self-taught. I mean, I don't know how much of a master you learn from, but you, it's more about someone allowing you in their studio to do yeah. the work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, you got to look at kind of everyone as a mentor, right. right? Grain of salt. Somebody has something to teach. Yeah. Regard, whether it's technique of tattooing, whether it's mindset of tattooing, whether it's just how to fucking be a good person. So what, if, you know? what, what are some of the big takeaways from people that you've gleaned through osmosis over the last nine shops? I mean, that's, that's not a fair question. That's a hard one to unpack. But, like, would you say it's more of a perspective or an attitude? Is it professional? Or did you, was it more of an artistic takeaway? Like, what, or was it all of it? It's, it's pretty much all of it. It's a lot of, you end up working with a lot of different types of people along that road. Mm-hmm. And most of the people are not in it for what you would expect they'd be in it for. At least they weren't in it for what I was in it for. I just want to fucking make cool art. I just want to do cool stuff. Um, and then you find out a lot of people are using the tattoo industry to look cool at the bar, or, you know, this or that. And they're just oh, not shit. interested in really growing. They just want to be able to do some, some nice lines and bang out some tattoos and that's it. Right. They're not interested in the, the progression. The artistry of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, there's a different avenue for every different person. There's my story is very different from everyone else's. So, but, uh, I, there's a lot of people I've worked with that I would, I'd, I'd probably learn mostly what not to do from people. Yeah. Maybe more valuable than the good stuff. It might be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You just see somebody do something and you get that feeling in your yep. stomach like, like oh, nope. why would you do that? Yeah. Maybe, uh, I, maybe I should reevaluate how I'm doing things. And then, uh, yeah, go from there. So, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. It does. What's your, so, like, what, what's your favorite? What's a good day for you? What, 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 I mean, like, how do you... I know when things are firing and all pistons and the, the motor's just humming mm-hmm. and it's like, this is why we do what we do. This is, I love my job. Mm-hmm. When is it, when is it a good day for you as a tattoo artist? It's that feeling you get while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Of, Fuck, this is so fun. And I don't know what it is. You get in that flow state and things are just happening. Things are moving. They're going well. You look down, you've accomplished a whole section in an hour and a half. You're like, how the fuck did I do that? Right. And you're happy with it yeah. as it's moving. You're happy with it. Um, What's it like when someone's done? Because like for me, like my, I have someone for maybe an hour mm-hmm. tops. Yeah. And um, a lot of times you don't hear thank you because you're over in the kitchen. Yeah. But, but 
what what does that feel like to shake hands and someone over like, is there is there like a, okay here's the reveal please like it please like it please like it like, do you go through that or do you know what's good like what is that like when you go okay tada done take a look I'm pretty confident at this point that most of my tattoos are going to be okay I'm, I'll, I'm happy with them I haven't had anybody pissed off about a tattoo in a few years. Um, it's it's mostly the projects, the big projects, like a full sleeve or a full back or something like that. Because you get on your third or fourth session and in the middle of a project for me, I don't know if what about other tattoo artists, but for myself, it's like, fuck, man, I hope this is going to work. Right. I hope at the end of this, this right. looks how I see it in my head. And, uh, and then you finish that project and it does. Mm-hmm. Just feels good. What? I don't know. I don't know what it is. How, how much does it take out of you doing those long those long marathon sessions, man? Um, it's not too bad. It's kind of just routine now. You just get I've used to it. Used to it. Yeah. yeah, I really put an effort early on of forcing myself to do the long days. Cool. Making sure I'm tattooing past when everyone else is making sure well, that like you definitely trained well for the the double jobs you were doing while you were doing line cooking. Yeah, that, yes, yeah. yeah I, training. I taught myself how to work burnt out. <laughs> which uh yeah you have to you have to if you want to get somewhere you yeah. gotta work you yeah, gotta yeah. do the job what's the uh so i'm uh, i i torment i torment my kids I, I say this a lot on the podcast i mm-hmm. i watch cooking shows it's either it's either military stuff or cooking shows or history mm-hmm. um and my poor daughter, Layla, she just always wants to watch TV and she wants what she wants. And she's like, not a cooking. She, as soon as she sees YouTube, she knows it's, it's over. It's going to be a cooking segment. Um, but I, how are you doing for drinks? You need anything else? I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Still got coffee. Still got this beer. All right. Good. Um, Thanks again. I still love watching cooking content. I still look forward to the next day when I know I have a big prep day, when I have a, I have a catering event. Yeah. Um, I still love holding a knife. I love seeing it and feeling it. I, I, I It calms do you, me. Do you love that because it's a multiple day thing? It takes your attention for an extended... I, I do. I, I love that. I can... I, so I, I, I kind of live a semi-retired life. Like I, I own this restaurant and mm-hmm. the espresso bar, but I don't work it anymore. I have... I make my adult money doing catering in people's homes. I do like multiple courses and I kind of... Uh, I bring hospitality to someone's home. Um, what's great about that is that I give myself two and a half days to shop and to putter in the kitchen and prepare yeah. and listen to music and music, of course. put my hand to the knife and prepare. And it is the most therapeutic, most self-actualized next to this podcast strumming a guitar mm-hmm. thing I have in my life. And um, I'm losing the, the thrill in of what I'm trying to say. I just, I just love it. Uh, what was my point though? How did I get here? Help me here. How did I get to this topic? I asked you if you enjoy the multiple days. Yes, I do. I, yeah. I, I enjoy that. It's never the same thing. I enjoy yeah. that. I love writing a menu. Yeah. I love executing. I love packing the, the boxes to load the car up. Like I just, I love the whole thing. I yeah. love the process talking to people. Yeah. The pro- yeah. It, that's you it. Like each motion of the, the process. Whole thing. Yeah. 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 And I'm still in love with my knife. Yeah. And every, my vocation, I think this is a Japanese like uh, uh, parable. Like if you have a scissor, a knife and like an ax or something, you will always work. Mm-hmm. It's not something like that. It's like, but it's funny in my family, every, our, our chosen tool is, is a sharp edged mm-hmm. implement. Mm-hmm whether it's a hair salon, scissors, or 
knife. Um, Subtle danger with it, maybe. I don't know, but I, but I, all the, all that to say is, uh, it's it's such. I'm so grateful that I still love what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the why I was uh, prefacing that was is how do you keep yourself hungry as an artist and and, and loving what you do? I mean, I, I obviously by doing it, it keeps you going. But what does your cross training look like in your off seasons, your off hours? Do you still pursue it when you're off or is, are you busy enough that it's enough to just do the work? I'm pretty busy. Okay. busy. I'm working five days a week. So my days off, I really like that time to myself. Just to recharge. Whether it's fucking sit at home in the grass or yeah. build Lego with my son or yep. play cool. piano with my daughter, you know, whatever cool. it is. Um, I do, I would like to go to more like art galleries and stuff like that. And I think once the kids get a little older and more understanding of what it all is, yeah, that'll be easier. And, I, and that's an opportunity to share with them as well. Um, Very cool. Um, uh, the, the best thing to continue growth and not get sick of it is keep challenging yourself. Yes. Yeah. As soon as you, as soon as you accomplish something, go way left field on the next one. Can I just, can I just speak to that? Cause yeah. I was like, so this is, Fear is good. Yeah. I, so I built a menu and this guy reached out to me. He's like, I'm going to give you $200 a person mm-hmm. for six people. I'm going to pay you $1,200. $1, give me five courses. Do whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. But then you're like, you get imposter syndrome and you get all these things. And So anyway, I've never done a beef carpaccio. It's raw meat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, you've never done it. Like do what you know, you're, you know, do your, you're a chef, you're established with these kind of things. And I'm like, but no, I want to do it and I'm afraid to do it. So I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to do a good job with it. And I mean, once it's done, I'm going to, it's going to be a thing I know how to do. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get anyone sick because right. you've had the years above right. experience behind. I, I don't really know what my point is. I think for me, I, I, I'm like, I feel like I should know, I hate that I don't know everything about cooking. <laughs> I hate that there's too, a, a lot of dishes that I haven't touched. Yeah. I hate that my butchery is not, I don't know what a butcher knows. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that I don't know the 10 classic desserts verbatim. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hard on myself and that imposter syndrome thing tries to come in. And I, and I mm-hmm. hate that at 45 with all these different things I've done under my belt that Carpaccio is not a thing I've done this late in the game. And I have the, I go, I go through this bullshit. Like you're a fake, you're this and that you haven't done a Carpaccio yet. You dumb out. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm yeah. no, I'm just going to been busy doing other things that I do really well. I'm going to yeah. do this now too. Yeah. But I, I actually like fought with that. Yeah. And that may sound silly to some people, but it was a thing yeah. as early as today. And I was like, no fucking I'm doing it. I'm, it's on the menu. Done. Yeah. Um, don't really know what my point is of that. Maybe you can speak to that. Like the, the, the imposter syndrome thing is a, is a real thing. It absolutely is. I, I, I go into almost every day of fuck. Do I know what I'm doing? <sighs> no shit. Do I have the right to be right. marking people for the rest of their body? Right. Okay. That's encouraging to know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think if most people were honest, I think a lot of people go through that for sure. I bet you they do. Because I think there's that makes a lot you- of time I told myself no, don't let people know that you think that. No, which, yeah. Which makes me think, but everyone thinks that. Everybody does. It's it's, it's, it's second guessing yourself. Yeah. It's it's 
trying to believe that other people, other people's opinions might be better than yours. You know, who fucking knows? Yeah. But I love doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think the big, the biggest point that I, I kind of want to come away from this yeah. segment of the chat is, is I've just, I'm just really grateful that I still love what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But here's the other thing though, is, as I've learned that, um, and I'd like to hear your perspective on this. And, and if, if you're at that point yet, or if you're considering that, I've discovered that I'm a much better boss when I'm not embedded in the day-to-day drudgery of the business. Mm-hmm. So I get a better bird's eye view when, I, when I'm not cooking on the line five days a week and I'm tired and greasy and sweaty and tired and annoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm a better guy when I come in for a coffee with my wife and I get to see the big picture and chat with the staff and hear their concerns or their issues or their wins and like, ah, I'm rested. I have perspective. I'm a guest in this place. I see what the guest sees. I'm seeing my staff in a different light because I'm not with them every day. Um, I'll never go back to being a line cook. I'll do a cameo. Mm -hmm. I'll help out, Mm -hmm. but I'll never go back there again because I get toxic. Um, I've, I've learned in my 45 years and in my 20 years as a chef, how to not do certain things and how to remain doing other things because I know that those decisions make me the best version of me professionally. That's why we are polarity. Okay. My wife handles that side of it. She handles the orders. She handles the, the social media, the emails, all that stuff. The stuff that makes me want to jump out. <laughs> I yeah. can't. I, 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 my brain doesn't work that way. I wish it did. That's my I, wife too. I wish I could handle it. That's all my wife it, too. But I can't. Yeah. And I know my place now. Yeah. My place is making a picture. And why do we feel bad if there's something that we're not good at or that's something that we don't want to do? Because my partners that are the numbers people don't feel bad that they can't cook like me. Mm-hmm. So why do I, it took me a long time to be like, okay with that. Like this is it's my the lane. creative side of it. I yeah. think, I think we want to be able to have, like you said, you want to be able to know the butchery side of it yeah. and you don't, but that's okay because we have more to learn later if we yeah. want. Yeah. But in the meantime, now we, I think, for being an, an artist that expands, you need to learn how to delegate. 100 You need to have people be able to do the jobs that you can do, and you know it's going to be done better if you do it. But if yeah. you don't let someone else do it, they're never going to learn it your way. Yeah. Sometimes being an artist and living wholly in the artistry <laughs> inspiration mode too much, it can become chaos. I've learned that if I dismiss too much responsibility and go, no, I, no, I'm just, I'm going to be creative. I'm just going to do the art. Mm-hmm. I lost touch of my business because I stopped knowing all the details to mm-hmm. a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a fine line for me where I have to keep a hand on something. So I'm, I'm not vacant, mm-hmm. but I'm talking like a little bit of, of, uh, knowing some stuff. I, I can't completely abandon. I agree with that. Um, but there's the analogy of the, the horse or the elephant and the rider. Like I'm the elephant. I'm the big picture guy. My wife puts the bit in my mouth and rides the big animal and goes, okay, there's a river next mm-hmm. acre. Mm-hmm. Go left. Or yeah. We're going we're gonna to drown. Yeah. So I come up with the ideas and my wife's like, okay, I'm going to help build it now. Mm-hmm. And uh, year or two of COVID, we were lamenting about a certain city that didn't have enough good coffee. Mm-hmm. We went to the parks 
to take the kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said to my wife, let's open a coffee shop. And I watched her open our shop on her laptop in her house robe before morning cereal. And mm-hmm. she built a world mm-hmm. based off my idea. But my point is, is that guys like you and me, we need that other. We need a team. We need a team. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, otherwise I'm just a big idea. Yeah. Right. It's damaging to be the only one that will allow yourself to be part of the creation. Yeah. We have to, yeah, we have to open up. We got to learn to work with other people, communication more. And that's really a a really important thing with being married, having kids. That's one of the biggest lessons is communication, learning how to work with each other. What's it like being a dad? It's amazing. It's stressful. This today's world is very stressful. What are we raising our kids oh for? Oh my God. What are we preparing them for? Boy and a girl? Boy and a girl. One of each million dollar. Yeah. I was saying, first of all, being a dad, I, I, I often say this, I don't know what the hell I was doing before I was a dad, but whatever mm-hmm. it was, it was not as, it wasn't this, no. this, this is living. Now uh, we have a reason to yeah, push. Yeah. Yeah. But I was saying to a friend, you know, 200 years ago, mothers and fathers would have to protect their children from the elements or the wild animals being on the frontier or a lot more primitive, but we are protecting our kids from a different kind of threat and a different kind of anim- wild animal. And the, the landscape that we have to navigate as parents is I'm an eighties kid. Mm-hmm. There was, there was none of this stuff. Yeah. And I can't, and it's such a world right now that even, I don't even want to get into the details of it because mm-hmm. it's going to make someone mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you and I already know what we're talking about before yeah. we even, we don't, yeah. we don't have to spell it out, but it is amazing. The, um, the most multiple sets of eyeballs I need mm-hmm. to navigate this world for my children and to keep their innocence intact for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Again, not really a question, just kind of like a, a sh- swapping notes with another father. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. My, my mother, my father-in-law was watching us have a conversation with the principal of my son's school. And uh, we got off the phone and he kind of shook his head and he's like, I'm so sorry that you have to navigate this the way you are. We never had to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's just part of the part of life now it, it is, is part of life yeah. now uh, and it's it's just it, it's the same as the generations before saying oh i went back when i was young it's true you know i'm I definitely to guilty to walk up to school uphill both ways yeah same but but there is but i do know that the stuff that i have to consider my mom never had to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't really know what my point is i'm just yeah I, is there, does there have to be a point i, I don't I, think i'm so. just gonna throw that on I the table just two dudes talking <laughs> We've lost the point of things. It doesn't really matter at this point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I guess we got here because I'm, I'm, I'm just. I love being a father, and I know you're at. Mm-hmm. We we literally have kids the same age, uh, same school. Yeah. yeah. So, it's just awesome. Yeah. What have you learned being a dad? I've learned a lot about me. I've learned a lot about me. And I've as a cliche as that sounds, it's 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 actually incredible. I've learned that there's sides of me that I don't like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've learned there's sides of me that I don't like, and I don't know how to change them. Or if I even should. Or maybe I should. Or maybe I shouldn't. And would you have ever <laughs> known that about you if there wasn't a, Probably child, not. a child? Yeah. Isn't that Probably crazy, not. man? Uh, yeah. 
And that's why no, I would have I would have would have been walking around being cynical and not giving a fuck and right. just like probably been an alcoholic, mm. you know, just party. Who cares? Now I can't. I, my kids need me to come home in a mm-hmm. good mood. They need me to tuck them into bed. They need to know that I respect them and love them. You know. Back to the conversation earlier. I know what it's like not to have that. Yes. So I can't have them yes. feel that. Yes. I can't have them feel that. Kudos to you, brother. That's yeah. respect. Yeah. Um, Maybe sometimes they do still. Who knows? Well, the failure's imminent. Yeah. You know? And that's the hard thing is like, no matter how hard you try, mm-hmm. it will be that thing. But um, yeah, part of, you, part of you thinks that the failure's good because we're learning. But then when it comes to the kids, oh, failure is not good. <laughs> oh, man. It's the worst when they look at you like that. So full disclosure, I, I like I said, I'm a spiritual, you know, I, I still have my uh, spiritual life that I pursue and, you know, try. I, I remember I was praying and I was like, help me be the best father that I can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally the next day I had one of the biggest failures as a father. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I got it back and, you know, I made it right with my son and, but I was devastated and I was Mm -hmm. so crestfallen and I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I've been there. And I remember doing a follow-up prayer and saying, uh, I asked for help Mm -hmm. and this little still voice in my, in my spirit responded, responded, um, you would never have learned this lesson mm-hmm. if you didn't fail this badly. Mm, yeah, I so I did answer the prayer because you'll never do that again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And then it was great. Yeah, that was the lesson. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. The universe speaks in very yeah. strange it's, ways. It's uh, the gravity of... of I, have, I have friends that... We, I don't think we've talked, we've talked about tattooing, I think maybe 10% of this conversation and I'm fully okay with that. Um, it's only 10% of the life anyway. Yeah. The amount of kids that never heard I love you from their dad or a, a daughter that didn't, wasn't told they were beautiful mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. I, 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 I don't understand that. I try really hard to make sounds and shapes and words come out of my mouth and out of my life that my children can feed off of mm-hmm. like you know you're the best boy I've ever known mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so happy to be your dad like I, I I have a small amount of time to overwhelm them with love you have to specifically say boy too because if your daughter's listening you can't say yeah, you're the best kid absolutely and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I and I actually have this like scale I'm yeah. like okay nope now it's Layla's now turn it's time. yeah yeah, I, yeah. And that's, can, you, that. can you speak to that like yeah, I, I'm I definitely that. like oh god have I, have I been yeah. taking too much attention to him yeah. and Lately, it's been happening. I've been putting a lot. My son's been like, he's he's five, almost six. So he's really testing right now. He's seeing yeah. where the boundaries lie. Right. And I feel like my daughter's noticing that mm. we're putting a lot of the intention into him. Right. Because lately, excuse me, lately she's been saying, "Daddy, you don't ever have enough time for Aww, me." Honey. Like, when are we gonna have our daddy daughter talk? Like, oh man, Oof. I promise, I promise you, tomorrow we're gonna have our talk. And then tomorrow comes and you get busy, and then the talk doesn't happen. And by the end of the night, she's like, "Daddy, you promised." Those are the letdowns. Those are letdowns where you gotta learn how to work with it. You gotta <laughs> be better next time. 
It's hard, man. It's hard. It's humbling. It is. Humbling is a... It's, it's truly, truly, mm-hmm. truly humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, it hurts so good. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, it's one of those things. It's like, oof, when you truly love something. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you truly love it and you've let it down. Oh, God. Ugh, what a pit. Yes. Um, that's, that's, yeah, fatherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Now where do we go? <laughs> I don't know. Keep going forward. In yeah. life in general, just keep moving forward. That's all you can do. Polarity. Polarity. The, uh, I'm, I'm big on names. I'm big on branding. I'm big on... Uh, I, I, I love penmanship. I love writing on a page. I love... Uh, a perfectly designed logo mm-hmm. for a company that encapsulates what something is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put a lot of thought into that stuff. What is the origin and the heart behind the name Polarity? Um, well, Polarity is like I mentioned earlier, uh, my wife does the business side. I do the tattooing side. We've taken both of our strengths and made them one. Cool. So we are, the, there's the two polar opposites of the same thing. Cool. That's what Polarity is. What's it like working with your wife? I'm very, I'm very afraid of that. I, so far, we have a really good working environment. I was terrified. I, but I, but generally, it's not every day. That's why it works, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, what's I was, that like? I was pretty scared, to be honest. You hear all those horror stories. Of, yeah. Oh, you don't want to work with your wife. Yeah. You never get that space or whatever, whatever the negative people have to say. Um, it's turned out to be the most beneficial thing to us. Amazing. Yeah. Good for you. We communicate all day. She loves her job. She, as far as I know, <laughs> she, it's her favorite job so far. So she's full-time at the yeah, studio. Yeah, she's Dude, there every day with me. Can I just say congratulations? Like the yeah. fact that you've built a life that the two of you can be gainfully employed building something. Yeah, and, that we, is, and the kids are around more too. That's so massive. Okay, so keep going. I don't, I don't want to cut yeah. you off. So that's, that's the essence of it. Yeah. And so, so far, so good working yeah, as a married couple. Yeah, it's been great. Um, I think we both had those very normal must have been worries um yeah it's we communicate better now when we're at home it's not the catch up on each other's day it's the you same experience shit. the same thing we go through the same thing yeah that's awesome man and it's an art studio so we're having fun every day wicked yeah wicked we listen to whatever we want we wicked. dress however we want we get face tattoos if we want not that i have any but see that's why i mean we have a similar life like it's you know being a chef affords that similar kind of freedom especially the way i'm doing it but that's very cool man that, you, that's that's a win do you find the freedom of your life is um can be destabilizing like do you feel like there's sometimes too much freedom and you wish somebody was there to tell you, no, do that. Somebody else was there to ground you. Um, that, that is a fantastic question. I don't get asked a lot of questions um, on this platform. And I, that's a great question. Um, I mean, you have your wife, you have each other. I, I would say at this point in my life, no, because I've, I've lived a lot of life and made a made more mistakes and I've had wins and I'm 45. So Mm -hmm. I've learned that in order for me to be a good man and be happy Mm -hmm. and to keep the anxiety at bay, I need to have a carousel of pursuits. Mm -hmm. So I have the podcast, I have music, I have being a chef. One keeps me in love with the other. Um, 
And I've learned that I do best when I'm passing through multiple doors. So I, I get to do the rounds at Spiritual Espresso. I do the rounds at St. James. I'm prepping and creating a menu for Salt Supper Club. Mm-hmm. And then I have a podcast to look forward to. Um, I don't need anyone to give me direction because I know that if I have, and I say that very humbly, I, I know that if I have multiple pursuits filling my cup, mm-hmm. I'm generally healthy in my mind. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I think I need help with is keeping me having not panic set in when I don't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. Like when my wife goes to bed mm-hmm. at nine o'clock at night and it's just me in the, the house, mm-hmm. I get this like, I'm not doing enough. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't start something until tomorrow. What do I do with my time? Mm-hmm. I get uh, that feeling in general. Yeah, it, I just not enough. I need to be better. Yeah. And the, here's another thing. So, so, I don't know if I really answered that first question. That's kind of my approach to life right now is, is trying to fill it with what I'm passionate about. And so far, so good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, full disclosure, one of the biggest mental battles I'm, I'm going through in my life right now is, first of all, I'm, I'm really good at living in chaos and living in crisis. Mm-hmm. So when, when I don't have crisis or a fire, or I'm not hunkered under a bomb shelter, mm-hmm. I'm freaked out. Mm-hmm. When things are too good. Yeah. Yeah. You're waiting for the other shoe yeah, to fall. something's going to happen. And uh, I feel challenged in my spirit to actually lean into peace mm-hmm. and to stop feeling like I have to pay the fiddler more than I've already paid him. Mm-hmm. And I actually have the, I actually, Aaron, I need, I need the courage to live in peace. Mm-hmm. I you, hear that. Usually it's the other way around. I need yeah. courage to go through this chaos. It's like, no, no, no. I get the chaos. Yeah. The chaos I, is easy. I can do that. Yeah, no problem. I'm a gypsy. Over, yeah. No problem. Yeah, make it work. Uh, yeah, man. It's yeah. maybe, it, maybe you can speak to that. I have to learn how to be brave when nothing's going wrong. And that's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm trying to learn how to, calm my mind as well yeah yeah there's been I, was, I think I was saying last week to my wife that we seem to be doing really well when there's shit happening when we're when we're going and things settle down and we get a little bored um, right yeah I gotta learn how to be okay with being a little bored trying to learn how to meditate that's a journey trying to cl- close my mind quiet yeah. my mind not close it quiet yeah. it uh, having uh, something not wrong is not a bad thing right right <laughs> Having yeah, being okay with things not being okay. Yeah, I think th- I think as as creatives, we think that conflict and and um, s- strife is the. If we're being honest, that it is the currency by which we create, or it's the muse. Mm-hmm. Can you actually be an artist and creative if you're not tormented? That that's a big came up at the studio that, the other that, day. That, that's a big. St- sweeping statement but to a degree that is that is there is truth to that is is can you be or who are you if you're not if there's not strife there has to be pain to feel like you need to express yourself right right you need to be going through something to to be to want to find others that are going through it well it's it's the age-old question can you create good art if there's no pain right Right, um, and I don't know what the answer to that is. I, it's 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 a it's a topic that comes up a lot I on this podcast. Think you could make nice art. Yeah, I don't know if you'd make art that resonates. I think that I'm proud of the pain I've come through. Yeah, 
I'm yeah, proud. Too. I'm proud of the trials. It's made me who I am. It's yeah. given me a humility that I would not have had otherwise. Yeah. If I didn't have those things, I would be a vampire and a prick and a bastard. Yeah, exactly. um, but I think it's okay to put that down and live in greener pastures. Mm-hmm. You're never going to outrun trouble and pain. But it sounds to me like you and I are in the same place. It's, you always it's, think gr- grass is greener on the other side, but it's not. It's Just not. water your lawn. Yeah. Take care of it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Slow down, look around. But isn't that funny, though, that we're both kind of saying the same thing? It's, is, is just being okay with nothing mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Whether that's no drama or everyone in the house is asleep and it's just you. Yeah. Or maybe we're just not ready for that. Maybe it's not meant to be yet. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's deserved when we're like 80. <laughs> there is a, there is, there is a, I do agree to that to a degree. I think that there is a, there is a, there is a pursuit and a drive in us that, that is inherently a good thing. But I know in my stage of life at 45 that I, I do need to settle into the settling. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, you know, I got, I don't know how many years I got on you, but like I came to that understanding through a, paid a hefty price for that mm-hmm. i'm still i'm but i'm still trying to i'm talking like i figured it out i have not <laughs> uh, like just as as early as last night i go for drives constantly i'm like I as can't soon as you on. realize you have not figured it out is when you figure it out maybe yeah is that like when the, uh, the the student is ready the teacher the teacher will arrive yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> these are all worthy conversations though like, because it's that's where we're at i think being a father being a creative it's, it's, I don't know what else to teach the kids other than creativity because we don't know what's coming. Right. We need to show them how to think outside the box. I love that. I can't teach them how to work the job that they may or may not right. have. All I can teach them is to have, how to be open-minded and how to be creative. Okay. That's, that's a perfect segue because this, there's, an, there's an aspect I wanted to hop on um, with you. So, I am thrilled that my children are shop kids, that they grow up. I love that my kids associate dad with being in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I'm always in the kitchen. They're smelling food constantly. That they come into daddy's restaurant. They come into mommy's clothing store. Mm -hmm. They're shop kids. Like I was a shop kid. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, I had an uncle, Uncle Johnny, who taught me how to draw, brought me to the museum, the art gallery. I can still smell his, his oil paint and his canvas in his studio. It's, it's, I can hear the AM radio in the background. Those, those were very tactile, formative associations with creativity and family and home and safety that created a paradigm in my mind mm-hmm. that artistry and the creative space is just as much a part of my psyche as my grandmother's living room. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that like for you knowing your kids are going to basically grow up in and around a tattoo shop? There's a lot of things that happen in a tattoo shop <laughs> that are not for children. Well, um, I don't know. When I was a kid, um, before my dad seemed to change gears. Um, he brought us to art galleries a lot. So I was always very comfortable analyzing art and studying it and even nudity in art or different subject matters. Mm-hmm. Some things would be really funny in the beginning, but you'd get over it pretty quickly of all this, well, this artist is trying to portray this or that. Um, and I, th- I think 
both my kids being creative, I think they'll pick up on that pretty quickly. They both are creative? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, my son's drawing all the time. Really? I don't know if it's just because kids draw all the time. Does he got it? Does he got the... He's drawing things perspectively. Wow. Like he's drawing three-dimensional shapes with the trying to do the right lighting. So it looks wow. like he's kind of got that same thing I had. Cool. Uh, my daughter is very attached to music. Mm. We have guitars and keyboards at home. Cool. Um, I just was recently given a drum set that I don't know what to do with. Um, from another tattoo artist. Uh, yeah, they're both very creative. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I guess the main reason why I believe that if we just teach them creativity and push them in that direction, they'll be able to put pieces together. Hopefully. I mean, I don't know. I can't read the future. Right. Right. That's cool, man. Yeah. I just hoping it's all right. But, uh, bra- raising kids and around a tattoo shop. That's, that's unique. We'll see. It is unique. That's unique. It's definitely unique. There's not a lot of parents doing but, that. But that, honestly, like they're going to be better for it. They're going to be cool kids. Like there's just there's just certain things and certain types of parent sets and and vocations mm-hmm. that certain parents do. Like it's you'd be hard pressed not to turn those into cool kids. Mm-hmm. I think when you're when the kids get to uh, high school health class, my kids aren't going to be the ones giggling. Yeah. Bring up penis. Yeah. Because they're just going to be used to seeing nudity. Like I have paintings in my station that are right it's nudity so i and they're used to it they're like oh that's just daddy's art right here's a good jump off point and i've asked this with with the other guys other artists you know we there are some similarities in our vocations but i am never cooking food near a woman's crotch or a man's near a man's Mm -hmm. butt crack like give it a try no, thank you. But, but, but I always, I'm always very curious though. Like how do you, how do you approach those intimate areas on someone's body, especially with someone from the opposite sex where you're up in their business doing what you do? Like how, what's the learning curve like on that? That's a, that's a good question. Um, communication. Yeah, for sure. You got to communicate that make them feel comfortable, especially the opposite sex. They yeah. want to, the females in general. Often, I feel don't feel comfortable around a lot of men, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, just communication, letting the females know I'm married happily. Yeah, it's, that's it's a actually thing. a really important Th- that's, thing. That's a th- yeah. I'm not the guy that's trying to hook up with them right. after the tattoo's done. Right. I want to go home with my kids. I've, and I've, I want them to have a nice tattoo. I've found that as being a man that show your wares of what you have in your life and it, mm-hmm. lets, it humanizes you pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. It takes any guest work yeah, away, right? It's, good. it's just automatically. It definitely helps you, your wife's in and around the shop too. Yeah. That's cool. Um, what do you think? I think we're, you know, I think we're, we're at an hour and a half. We're winding down soon. No uh, um, what do you think the average person gets wrong about Tattoo, tattoo culture. What is there anything, any wisdom you want to drop on us that that many people would never know? But what it is you do? What are some of the truths? There's a lot of those. Yeah. Um. I don't know. A lot of people, I think, expect the tattoo studio. That's a good point. A lot of people expect the tattoo studio to be a rugged biker right. environment, right. and we have very specifically pulled away from that cool i don't want that feeling i want people to be able to walk in with their kids i mean that's changed a lot in the last 15 years because in the 90s it was like that it was a very unwelcoming 
Yeah. I mean, please don't bring your crying baby for a whole session. Sure. But if your kids come for the consultation, yeah. they're more than welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are expecting that, mm-hmm. that they're going to be feeling anxiety today and they're going to be stressed out and they're going to be around some really right. rugged, rough, Hell's angels. abrasive people. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we're, we can be pretty abrasive, but it's all in usually comedy. We're just trying to have a good time. And if we try to include everyone, like it, I don't want anyone to feel excluded that comes into the studio. I don't want anyone to feel like we're not, we don't care about the outcome or we don't care about their, uh, their desire to be there. Right. Yeah. I want everyone to be comfortable. Um, yeah, I think, I think tattoo artists are people, you know, they're not, as much as a lot of them want to come off as rock stars and the most confident people in the world, they're not. They're still people. There's a lot of bravado in game face. Yes. Yeah. They're still struggling with demons. Yeah. You know, all of them are. Yeah, you know what's funny is I, I spent a lot of time in Toronto living there and working there and um, a lot of, especially the dudes. Uh, I'm a soft person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that, man. I love I that you have artist muscles. I have artist muscles. <laughs> That's good. Um, a lot of the dudes in Toronto, especially, acted like tattoo artists. There was a lot of, like I said, bravado, and, mm-hmm. and I and I realized Toronto is kind of like a big high school hallway. Everyone's putting on a front. Mm-hmm. But I was a barista out there for three years, and once you get to know them, they're mm-hmm. just people. They're just people trying to trying to survive survive it. Mm-hmm. That's that's those are some good facts some good I think truths. a lot of them feel like there's nothing else they can do mm. this is this yeah. is it yeah I, think, I don't think there's much else yeah that's interesting because once once you it can also be like what you you know refer to as a gilded cage it's like yes you're gifted with this thing but now it's kind of like the thing you, you do. have to succeed now. right yeah, there's no yeah. slipping that's an interesting perspective yeah. i think that's the other reason why i'm generally happy right now with my life is because i have a multiplicity of things going on right now mm-hmm. that i i'm i'm pursuing not doing the one thing yeah this business has been really uh eye-opening for me because i'm not just doing tattooing now i'm mentoring as well uh, i love I'm trying that. to teach people i'm trying to be a good teacher let's talk about that mentor yeah. mentoring is a, is a big deal for it's me. hard man. yeah i'm i'm having a harder time with it than i thought i was going to talk to me about that what are, what are some of the challenges you feel like you're going through with the mentorship because that, that's a lost art man it is and i don't feel like i'm doing it the traditional way um Personally, I did really well when I started going off and exploring my own realms. So I really want my apprentices to do the same thing. That being said, they still got the work to do. They still yep. got all the cleaning of the shop, but I'm not going to have them wash my motorcycle. Not that I have a motorcycle. Not exploit them. Yeah, I'm not, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, they're there because they want to be there, I think. Um, they're great artists. Do, um, do you have a hard time with the tension and the line between being approachable and being a friend, but also friend being, mentor, yeah. being yeah. the boss. I want to come across as a friend, but I don't know if it's the right thing. Right. I it's, don't, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be somebody that can be trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is my future. So you, you gotta fucking do yeah. what I'm saying. My wife and I, if, if we don't agree with it, it's got to change. And I don't like being that person. Yeah. It's not easy at all. <laughs> no, uh, but it's important, and it's a uh, it's a new lesson for me. It's a. Uh, Do you like being a boss? No, mm-hmm. no. Nope. I like putting my headphones in quietly, doing tattoos, and 
having people happy with the end of the day. I don't, I don't like being the boss. I don't, uh, I have to do it with the kids and I have to do it with the yeah. apprentices. Did you have to open your own shop to be the best version of yourself as a person, as a tattoo artist? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had to, I had to test my own theories. So what, what, what was the impetus to you and your wife going, okay, this is what's next for us. We have to open the shop. Can you talk uh, about that? The pandemic was a big one. Yeah. Yeah. But we, what was it about that, that made you go into that? Cause other people were like, fuck that. I'm not doing anything anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm going the other way. What, yeah. what was it? Um, her and I had had a lot of time together and realized that maybe it's best if we, we, we have the same goals. We mm-hmm. have the same outcome. We want the end of our life. We, we both want a property with acreage and a big garden. Same. So how are we going to do that together? How do cool. we make that work? So out of the pandemic, what, what are we going to do? We're going to keep working for other people for the rest of our life. Or are we going to keep shelling away for that other guy to buy a property with acreage? Or are we going to try and make this work ourselves? And, uh, there was a lot of pushback. Um, and I just don't care, you know, <laughs> I want to, yeah. we both wanted to, we want to do this. That's it. There's, there's a, you can make all the excuses in the book for why we wanted it, but it just is. We wanted it. Good for you. Yeah. And like I said, it's good for the kids. I think to see that mommy and daddy are trying to succeed. We're running a business the way we want to do it. How, and if they want to learn, we can teach them. Cool. It's not a fair question because no one has a crystal ball, but mm-hmm. what do you, do you see far with polarity? Like what, what, what are your hopes for? Yeah. Um, the goal is to have it keep going. We have a six, it, when we signed, it was six and a half years. So it's, I guess, five and a half years now. Um, and the idea is to expand from there. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean? Expand? Get the apprentices tattooing, okay. see what they can do. They're both really good portrait artists. Are you happy with the size of it you have, or do you want a double size? We need a size? bigger size. Okay. Yeah. We already need a bigger size. Cool. Yeah. Um, but we make it work. Um, the goal is eventually, um, I'd like to have a storefront so we can have walk-ins and stuff like that. Um, I really love being part of Art Crawl. Cool. That was a big move for moving on to James Street. Right on. Yeah. I wanted to be part of that. Um, and the last arc, last week, Friday. What does that look like? How do you guys approach our crawl? Uh, we've got the table up front with some merch and stuff. Um, okay. And then our walk-in artists uh, this past uh, Friday, um, we're doing tattoos from, what was it, 3 o'clock to 10 p.m. And last year we had tried from noon to six our regular hours, and then we found at five thirty everyone's coming by to book those cool. tattoos. So we tried it this year and um, last week, and it was amazing. Good it, for you. It was an amazing turnout. Um, so we've got some plans for the next one. Actually, the next one we won't be around to be honest. We have the uh, Toronto Tattoo Convention oh, during that same weekend. Oh so, man, yeah. But you have uh, to come in and get some work done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just down the street. One of the things I'm learning to do with this podcast is to know when went to bow out of the conversation and when it's run its course, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like my hope is to understand the person I'm sitting across from. And I feel like I'm, I've gotten a really great picture of who you are for an hour and a half worth of conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think at this point hearing about you, it's really has nothing to do with the tattooing. I, I think I wanted to just get to know, Mm. you your story um, yeah, the, the tattooing's just been the means for yeah. me to enjoy what I'm doing and make money with doing it 
Do you, well, you know, it, it drew me to you. Do you find that your vocation and having polarity as your studio, that you're getting more of an audience with people that you otherwise would not have? I'm not sure. Might be too early to tell. Because right now we're still just getting yeah. it all together. The this, yeah. this whole studio is together, but now it's hammering out the details. and like You're, really you're still on the... Uh, Unknown yeah. territory. You're still yeah, so we're only nine months yeah. open. Yeah, yeah this well, is very fresh for us. Well, dude, you're you're approaching uh, a year soon, mm -hmm. and uh, that in and of itself is a win. Yeah, and uh, we're taking the shop to a cottage for a weekend. Are you up in Muskoka for Good the for one you. year, and we're just gonna Good for you. Party on a dock. Good for you. Yeah, we're trying to figure out. That's that's a huge learning curve that I learned was to find those times to like we work hard here at St. James mm -hmm. and find ways to have fun hard. Mm -hmm. Like so, I got some 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 designs on some go kart races and some Canada's Wonderland and some. I would love to take everybody to a cottage, but mm -hmm. how do you, how do you lose your whole staff and mm -hmm. shut down for three days? Yeah, over a weekend. Yeah, so maybe the best we can shoot for is one big-ass day of good food and roller mm -hmm. coasters and yeah. competitive racing. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'd love to have you back on, man. Sure, yeah. And I'd love to have an excuse to, maybe maybe I can do a podcast while I get tattooed. That's probably That's a horrible idea. idea. It's not a bad idea. Does I would it? probably start. Would you talk, though? I'd probably communicate first. And then. A bit, and then tattoo. Maybe I can interview your, your wife. Interview. Yeah. She uh, she wanted to come, but you know it was what? Difficult to. I was gonna. I, I, I'm sorry. I meant to actually follow up and go. If you if, if your wife wants to come, we have the ability to have a third person on the podcast. And sure, I'm sure we can make that work. Yeah, uh, she'll have another whole side of this. Cool. Her perspective is very different than mine. We're gonna have to get you guys over for dinner before we move uh, from Hamilton. Especially, sure. we're literally neighbors professionally, and yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to call it. I, we're at a minute, we're hour and 37 minutes. I'm, okay. I'm very happy with what I, what I got from this conversation, man. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, sounds good. I'm sure there's some things I, I've said where I'm like, ah, no, I really, I didn't really come across. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate your honesty, man. And, uh, you got wisdom on you. I try to be open. I try to be really honest. There's so many people that are just hiding. Yeah. And I don't want that. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for my wife, yeah. my kids, anybody I work with, my friends. I want to be real, genuine. I want to have a communication. I think the greatest thing that I've accomplished maybe in life, at, when I say that very, I don't want to sound like a douchebag, is that honesty is contagious. Mm -hmm. Just like fear is contagious. Anger can be contagious. I think when you let people know that you suck and you're trying, Mm -hmm. people realize they want to say the same thing. Like, yeah, I suck too. Mm -hmm. And I think it it's actually creates a safe, safe feeling of safety for people. I think I learned that through tattooing actually. Yeah. You're, uh, you're essentially you're, you become a therapist for people. 100%. So once they start sharing yeah. and going deep, you feel compelled to do that a little bit too. Like they're, they're giving you yeah. so much of their self. They Absolutely. deserve a bit of it. I do. I love that. Yeah. You know what? I, I just quickly, um, Isn't it funny, like after this conversation, we are, I'm going to consider us friends. When True, we bump yeah. into each other, yeah. we're not strangers anymore. There is a connection of shared life experience. Yeah. We've talked about the intimacy of being a father. and Our lives overlap now. That's forever yeah. there. Yeah. It's inextricably changed now. Yeah. Um, and that came from honesty and conversation. Have you noticed that someone, I'm sure it doesn't happen with every customer, but a client comes in. 
and you've gone the distance with them, they're not just strangers anymore. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. That's that's such a special thing. Yeah, it is interesting. It's really interesting when you feel that and then the person fucks off. That's a weird one. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But uh, no, I I hear what you're saying. It's you, you get to know somebody for at a level. Most people will never know them. 100%. You see tears coming out of their face. Yeah. Yeah. The only other person is their mom and their spouse that gets to see that. It's a special thing. Yeah. Yeah, It's a very special thing. We, we, we work with food is intimate. Tattooing is intimate. Like, Mm -hmm. and you add conversation to it. It's a special thing. And we, Mm -hmm. the fact that we get to get paid to do that, that's a special Mm -hmm. thing. So I'm honored to, to chew the fat with you on that level. Mm -hmm. Being a dad of two kids at the same age is also very cool. Yeah. Where do people find you uh, on socials and stuff? Uh, my Instagram page is Hopman Tattoos, um, and the shop page is Polarity Tattoo Studio. Right on. Um, that's pretty much it. My whole portfolio is on there. I try to keep things cool. real simple. I oh. just opened my books today. I was just going to ask you, how far out are you for bookings and stuff? Like uh, that? I'm booking mid-June right now, so I'm going to be filling June up to October. Very cool. Um, and then I think, yeah, I'll go from there. Cool. I was a year ahead at one point. But it's too much. I can't plan anything. Like my parents hadn't right. scheduled the cottage yet, or the, my aunt's wedding is. Dude, I didn't even thought about you that. Know, like yeah. I can't do anything. And then my wife's going to all these family events, and I'm at work. Right. Missing out. I'm actually kind of going through that same thing too with mm-hmm. Salt Supper Club. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. thank you for no your worries, time. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. For having thank me. you for taking a chance on a total stranger. Yeah, just yeah. this in general. This is very new for me. Yeah, and you, you did fantastic, man. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I don't say this to everybody, but I'd love to have you on again because it's an evolving, uh, life's evolving constantly. Your yeah. art will be evolving. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I listened to a couple of your episodes um, in the last few weeks when we had decided to set this up. So we go, oh, fuck, I'm nervous now. <laughs> and I was listening to everyone. Oh, they're so good with speaking. They're, I have, wow. Dude, you good did, luck to me. You did fantastic. <laughs> People don't, the, the biggest takeaway is, is, People are convinced they don't have anything to talk about mm-hmm. or that they don't have a story to tell. And mm-hmm. I'm convinced that every single one does. Mm-hmm. And my hope and job is to mine that out of people. And mm-hmm. you've done fantastic. You're they, good at it too. Thank you, man. You I, 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 You're good at keeping the questions going. I love, I love doing this. I just yeah. love, I love conversation with people. I've been doing this since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, thank you for your honesty, man. Thank you for yeah. your willingness. And, um, I love that there's someone like you on our street doing what you do and that you've got the kind of mind and head on your shoulders that's uh, leading a, a pirate ship called Polarity mm-hmm. Tattoo Studio. There's a little bit of piracy, isn't I, it? I, absolutely. A, a kitchen, I think a tattoo shop, mm-hmm. some, a lot of similarities there. Similar people. Aaron Hopman of Polarity, thank you so much for your time, my man. Uh, we are now officially friends. Yep. Maybe the kids, we can do a park date. Sure, yeah. Do cool chefs and cool tattoo artists do that? Do they do park dates? I, I think, think they do. Uh, I think when they've got the, kids. The modern parent dates, thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy that we are... We, we are buds now and well, uh, every- shake hands on it yeah man absolutely yeah. done yeah. we'll swap numbers yeah. uh, everyone listening thank you so much uh, for being with us we are approaching ep- episode 60 which is insane nice. uh, we will see you soon on the other side thank you guys ciao